0: Wordy to me. How to be lost. Hello, I'm
1: Emily. And I'm
0: Lydia. And this is episode two of the Talk Wordy to Me podcast. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. I feel like we need a drum roll or something. <laughs> um, I mean, we're getting up to big numbers there. Episode Absolutely. two. <laughs> nailing it. If you don't know what Talk Wordy is, we have recorded a what is taught wordy to me kind of intro yeah that's on our podcast you can find it in all the podcasty places in a nutshell basic gist of things we're on a mission to demystify words that we're often told we shouldn't feel
1: absolutely yes and we have live events in bristol where people come together and talk about a particular word and we explore it and we talk about the shared experience of it but for those of you that aren't able to be there we thought it'd be fantastic to speak in depth to somebody with a particular relationship with the word which is how the podcast came about
0: and all the details of all our events you can find on facebook and social media we have all of that stuff talk wordy to me bristol we tend to put all our details on there so this is obviously the episode that sits alongside our How To Be Lost event.
1: It's brilliant because people come together um, for, to talk about their particular relationship with the word. And we have a couple of people that kick off the discussions every time. And for Lost, we have the absolutely brilliant Lindsay Cole, mm. who is an adventurer. She's a storyteller. She's an urban mermaid. I mean, I you, know, mean, list you end, um Who's incredible. No, sadly, didn't turn up in the mermaid outfit. I know, I know. We had high hopes for yeah. her, but it didn't happen. happen. (laughs) happen Um, and then Claire Sharp as well who is part of a brand new app um, a sort of lost and found app called found Mm. and it was brilliant to have her there too with a completely different experience of loss and lost and what that can mean to people and how that can put people in a place emotionally
0: yeah definitely it was a really good mix so this time we decided to speak to a lady called Natalie Fee Uh, she's the founder of City to See an amazing organization that are on a mission really to stop plastic getting into the oceans and they're doing it in all these incredible ways. And she, you know, I guess worth saying we chose her. She was she came from a very different background. She worked in headhunting, I think, moved through to some TV work. You know, there must have been times was I, I think our thinking of her feeling lost on a journey like that.
1: And your conversation was brilliant because we strongly believe that everybody has a connection with these words. But my God, once you started speaking to Natalie, did a relationship with it that was completely unexpected came free-flowing from yeah
0: I mean so unexpected to the point where and I hope she wouldn't mind me sharing it when I walked in there and we were just chatting and having a cup of tea before putting the mic on she was like I actually don't think I've got much to say around feeling lost I was like great well that's a really interesting interpretation of (laughs) it ever encompassing (laughs) well lost in this conversation (laughs) this is gonna be a fun hour yeah Yeah, I was like (laughs) okay um and then I put the microphone on and as you'll hear What an amazing experience of her physical experience of being lost, which was again something that came up, didn't it, on the night. Absolutely, Um, yes. You know, this essence of it feeling the same But being manifested in physical or emotional All these different experiences, experiences of it um, Yeah, but it was a very unexpected twist To what I thought <laughs> It went in a completely different way, the conversation Before we get to speaking to Natalie, though We have recorded some bits, as we normally do From the night We asked what you thought of When you hear the word lost Lost and Maybe
1: the uh,
2: popular channel for a TV show <laughs>
3: <laughs> Just feeling really, like... In a place of unknown, which is scary, can't it, when you're lost and you feel like there's you don't know where yeah, you don't know where you're going literally. In the past where I've felt lost, I haven't felt a connection to maybe others or myself or possibly something higher, like a Spiritual
2: lostness. So lost me is it's a positive thing. It's kind of like liberating to lose things and be able to let them go. I mean, so I can move forward sometimes.
3: Yeah, it's travelling a bit lighter. When we let go of all the labels that we in society like to place in ourselves, that can do, create this feeling of being lost because we don't fit nicely into like a pigeonhole or we haven't got the married label yet we haven't got the parent label yet mm-hmm. if you haven't got the, the labels that we use that denote success or a place that you've got to in life then you're kind of default lost but you're not really lost you're just where you're supposed to be
2: i think being physically lost is very different because you either do it on purpose for a purpose to get away to explore to whatever <laughs> or you're physically lost and nowadays it's easier to find find that way around. Um, So for me, that lost around the emotional thing is where I gravitate towards because how do you solve that? There's no like one... If you are lost because you're trying to get somewhere physically, then there was a route there. Several routes there. Whereas if you're lost emotionally or or, or existentially, like, you're going to have to really figure that one out. Lost. Well, there we are it's a light one
0: (laughs) kind of right though kind of right
1: yeah definitely there ain't no
0: map for that Little delight (laughs) Um, But as ever Such a great mix Of thinking I mean that's just A small slice Of what happens When we're there Isn't it Yeah And Um, what everyone Brings to it Is something Really generous Of everyone If you are in Or around Bristol Come and join us All the details On the Facebook page Free to turn up We'd absolutely Love to see you there Um, And hopefully That gets the You know The thoughts juicing Around a bit Ahead of chatting To Natalie And we asked her The very same question What did she think of The very first thing She thought of When we said the word Lost Middle of the forest,
4: phone's not working. That's where I went straight away when you said that.
0: Delicious. Can I come? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I
3: yeah.
0: Let's just all be there. Yeah, how does it feel? How
4: does
3: it feel
0: there?
4: Well, weirdly, the last, and I'm remembering that like, the last time that I felt like that, I, was, I don't know, it was probably like a year ago, there were some woods just outside of Bristol that I quite like going to. And I, I didn't think they were that big. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm going to switch my phone off because I don't want to be contacted while I'm here. I'm sure everything will survive for an hour. So I switched my phone off, and then I actually got lost. (laughs) And it was a really interesting sensation. It was like, well, the woods aren't that big, so I'm not going to be
0: lost for long. So what did you do?
4: Well, I didn't get my phone out, and I just kind of carried on walking, Mm. following a track, knowing at some point I would get to a road. And I wasn't in a hurry either. But then something weird happened. I decided to turn my phone on, and I, maybe it was to check. I can't remember now because it was about Yoga. but I literally I turned my phone on the second I turned it on, I got a phone call from an unknown number, and it was the BBC calling asking if I could do an interview wow. <laughs> and wow. it was like it was like, damn it, I kind of I did want some time off, mm. <laughs> but I obviously needed to be there for that call it was like the second I was like have you been trying to ring me and they hadn't so it, there was something about the timing of that as well,
0: well yeah. that's amazing <laughs> that's like you could have written example. on better of that I'm interested to just delve a bit more into that concept of when you realised you were lost being in nature is a really interesting link there I'm interested to explore that a little bit more of how that felt being lost in that kind of environment Yeah, physically perhaps
4: I definitely noticed that I carry a fair amount of, I'd say, residual anxiety, like from growing up in the 80s where my mum told me there was a rapist hiding behind every tree and I had to carry a rape alarm. And of being in nature. Of being in nature, but we lived in sort of urban, mm-hmm. in between like Winchester and Southampton. So there were like wooded areas. It wasn't like wild nature. But there was the sense that it was a scary place. Mm. Like... I think, and my parents had both grown up in the city, so it's not like they were comfortable with nature. It was somewhere we'd go on a Sunday for a picnic,
0: um, dip into almost. Yeah, but,
4: yeah. But uh, so yeah, so so when that mo- when I felt the kind of oh I'm I'm a bit lost, there is an element still for me of feeling vulnerable, and as a woman in the woods mm-hmm. on your own mm-hmm. with your phone off near a massive city like Mm. how safe is that I mean statistically it's probably very safe but I carry a
0: lot of stories I also sorry to interrupt I also think as women and as society now we're carrying a lot of story that actually has jumped out so far away from where we originated from because we would be living in nature we would be connected and it wasn't this scary place it's really interesting for me Mm. That's a very common feeling I feel in our society in the west especially today and it's interesting isn't it because it wasn't always like that. Yeah, yeah well, that nature didn't always represent that so wholly maybe the yeah. elements I'm sure that were and, similar and,
4: and massively connected to our relationship to the wild isn't it like that we we've cut off our relationship from an aspect of ourselves really they're kind of heading off into the wild there's like exploring it's a scary place as is going inside and looking at our
0: our own shadows and this is where i think it's quite interesting in lost because it's that sense of one could say that feeling of lost you know physically we were talking about that in the evening you know it's physically and emotionally spiritually solely there's all these different layers of it but that flavor almost being kind of a bit similar across all the realms. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry, I distracted you from where you were. No, the, not at all. No, I'm,
4: a conversation. <laughs> it's taken an unexpected I know, turn. Like,
0: you were like, yeah, lost. I'm not sure. I'm like, well, this <laughs> is glorious. <laughs>
4: yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's interesting because it reminded me of talking about that feeling of being cut off from the wild and perhaps that being reflected in, in the state of the environment now and how we've lost all our wild spaces and we've, we've literally hardly got any of them left, like 2% of ancient forests left in the UK. Oh, is it that? Oh, 2% that's and with the HS2 yeah. plan, this speedy train is going to go through like 100 more forests of oh, our yeah. ancient growth mm. woodland. So so I think that relationship with the wild is really interesting but f- and for me personally... I used to be absolutely terrified of the ocean. And whilst I grew up with, like, my back garden was like my sanctuary and the trees and everything I loved, I was always really scared of the sea. So it's, it's weird that I became this ocean ambassador and setting up city to sea and working to clean the oceans because I was completely terrified of them. Wow. I mean, I literally wouldn't go in them. I hated going on boats. I had to take drugs if I flew over the ocean wow it was this massive
0: wow and now you're saving disconnect <laughs> and now then we've got a, we've got a
4: relationship it was that a
0: gradual shift out of interest
4: well it wasn't I mean I love the fact that you guys meet at the Albatross cafe because it's the Albatross which I see as my kind of I guess you could say it's like the spirit guide of city to sea well um, if you're choosing a spirit guide then yeah, that's pretty glorious
2: yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> well it sort of I'd say it chose me in that sense of I wasn't looking to save the oceans one day i saw this the video of the albatross chicks in the midway islands that are dying with their bellies full of plastic so a third of these Magnificent Laysan albatross chicks never leave the nest because their bellies are full of plastic and they can't grow. They starve with their bellies full. As babies? As babies. And they're so beautiful and fluffy and ridiculously cute. And I saw this incredible... It's a work of art, the trailer even, for the film Albatross. And it was only about two minutes long and I saw it. This was back in 2013 or 2014 and it completely broke me like i'd never felt a grief that deep wow around an environmental issue before i'd always been a bit of an environmentalist but never i'd never really campaigned i'd signed petitions and i'd done volunteering work but i felt so upset from what i was seeing that i knew i had to do something about it so i didn't start off to save the oceans i started off to save the albatross not even knowing if I would save the Albatross just knowing that 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 is that was my step and I was working for a local media company and and I wasn't really doing my hard work I mean I look back now and I see it was really good preparation for starting a campaigning organization doing loads of short clips and films and meeting people all I was over. Because a network is great, yeah. building that
0: network of people to talk to who'll then spread it wider. Yeah.
4: yeah, perhaps. Yeah, and Bristol is brilliant for that. Yeah. Um but yeah, I kept trying to skew the content to community stuff and environmental stuff and they didn't want that. So actually that shift for me was the time when I started then in my spare time building up City to Sea and and creating something which then got to the point that I could then leave my TV job and start working on City to Sea.
0: Yeah, because I was looking as well. It's a big shift. You, I looked on your website and you were saying was headhunting I think you started in?
4: That was a long time ago but yes, I did. And I mean, you know, it was definitely, you know, looking back in the sort of, I'd say maybe how I would traditionally see times of being lost, like when i I dropped out of university when i was after six weeks with no idea what i wanted to do it just i knew that uni wasn't good for me and it wasn't what i needed to do but i felt pushed into it and then i think i did feel very lost because it was like well what you know where do i begin and what do i do so I did end up working for rec- working in recruitment.
0: And that was to try and find... You were trying to find something that... W- w- yeah, what I like? mean,
4: I was... You know, this is half a lifetime ago. I was 19. Um, and, you know, it was like me starting. So it was a sales career, basically. But within that, I then had this, like, awakening spiritual side of me. So as I was growing up, I had these sort of two strands, like my spiritual self was emerging and then this like high-flying corporate executive was mm-hmm. also emerging.
3: It's <laughs> and, like and East. Yeah, like, I know.
4: It. And I was too young to know how to um, marry them. I, 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 I had to sort of split at that point and go off and follow the spiritual path because actually I got to 22 or 20 and I had a house and I had all the, you know, all the trimmings and a big salary and I was miserable. So... I thought well I'll try the other path and see where that takes me.
0: But it's funny because that then what you were just sharing then about now and work that that more recent shift from media and then moving to doing city to sea full time it's almost like the sort of revised version or the next chapter being able to marry those two things at that time in order to yeah, grow. Exactly. And this. then they've all
4: come into play. So like the, mm. the business side that I learned in IT recruitment. Because I did end up setting up my own IT recruitment company when I was about 23 or something. Wow. <laughs> and then, you know, the media stuff. And then also the spiritual stuff and yoga. All of that has come to help make me who I am today. And given me the skills that I could then start um, city to sea and grow it and get it to where it is now although I'd say now my team are growing it to where it is now I'd love to come back to the wild thing yeah, that please. we were talking about because the thing about being scared of the sea I feel like this is the right place to share this story with you and 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 your lovely listeners thank you um But I had the most bizarre experience when I was doing my crowdfunding campaign. So I started Off City to See initially with a music video because, of course, when you want to change the world, (laughs) you just do it with a music video. Amazing.
0: That was the starting point. Yes,
4: because I didn't know where to start. Again, it was like the albatross were dying. So I just thought, well, what can I offer? What, What talents have I got? And I had written a song, which I only dabble in music, but I'd written a song... And I thought the music video could be about plastic. And back then, even just in 2013, 2014, not everyone was talking about plastic, so it felt really original. Yes,
0: <laughs> well, it, but it probably was. It probably <laughs> was, yeah. Whereas now, it's part of this much bigger conversation that, thank God, everyone's having. Yeah. It,
4: was a, it was a start, and I think it was like that thing of putting you know, our, our energy into something that we love. And so I thought, well, I'll, I'll do this and see where it gets me. So I run a crowdfunding campaign to, to build up some funds to do the music video. And the middle two weeks of a crowdfunding campaign, if anyone has done one before, they'll know what I'm talking about. Anyone who's about to do one, this is probably some good advice. Nice, and the, bonus. the middle two weeks of a crowdfunding campaign are really difficult because the first week, everyone's like, "Woo, I'll donate. And then the middle week, everyone's like, oh, I've already donated. And then the last week, everyone's like, oh, shit, I haven't donated yet. I need to donate. So it's kind of, you get this lull in the middle, which is quite scary when you haven't reached your target. Sweaty palms, yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And my friend saw that I was really stressed out about it and whisked me off to a little beach hut in Dunster just near Minehead in North Somerset. Good mate. A good mate. And, um, like, I, I basically, when I was there, this weird dream sequence started which lasted for nine nights and it's never happened to me wow. since and it had never happened to me before. And I went to sleep that night and I dreamt the sea was lapping at the door and I've I've um that's it. No, you're going to show Wow. Um and I, and I was like, well, that kind of makes sense because the sea's really close. And so, you know, of course, and One then night. brush yeah. it off. And then the next night I was still at the beach hut and I dreamt that I was like on the edge of the sea. And there were lots of people around having fun, like your average beach scene. Went back to Bristol thinking nothing of it. And then went to sleep that night and dreamt I was on a boat, having a really amazing time on a speedboat, like the best time yeah. ever um i thought well that's weird i'm still dreaming about the sea anyway never mind because i've just been to the sea for the weekend the next night i dreamt i was swimming and i was like having a really nice time in the water so then when i woke up the next day i was like this is kind of getting weird like, it's like waving <laughs> <it>. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i'm the sea um and in 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 it did it kind of unfolded that the next night I went to sleep and so I think maybe now I'm on like night five or six or something and I dreamt that I was a dolphin and I had the most amazing time as a dolphin. It wasn't like Natalie does dolphin. It was like I was a dolphin and I had my family with me and we were just living and swimming and being dolphins. Oh, yes. And I, I did. I woke up the next morning like just so feeling so blessed and and realising at that point that I was on a bit of a journey, like that, that something was happening to me. And then the next night I went to sleep and at this point I was looking forward to going to bed because <laughs> I was like, dreams night dreaming is really cool at the moment. And I dreamt that I was one of five whales in a pod and it was the most profound and spacious, and the the experience of being a whale, being in my home, the, the deep sea, and I, I, I've never really found the words to describe, because I don't speak whale.
0: <laughs> oh, fresh out of that one, I was looking forward to that. <laughs> right yeah, but it's a feeling, isn't it? I can sense the feeling. It was incredible. And sometimes words, yeah. even though taught wordy is taught wordy, sometimes words... That's the whole point. We yeah. haven't quite got a handle of them yet. Yeah, but it's a, a sense. Yeah, a it
4: was a feeling. Wow. And I woke up the next morning, crying, but it was with mm. just awe, really, at the sense of wonder of what had happened. And then I had a sense that there was one more to go. And I kind of was like, yeah, I reckon I'm going to dream of a shark tonight. Because obviously, some of the dolphin. someone who's like terrified of the sea, the ultimate fear of the sea is really the sharks. So it's like what is going to come out of the dark and eat you and eat me. So sure enough, I went to sleep that night and I dreamt I was a shark. And I had the feeling of being a cold-blooded reptilian creature swimming in the sea being shark and it was a completely different feeling to being whale totally mind-blowing and you know i woke up the next day and i I i kind of felt like that was that was the cycle and i understood that the sea had somehow reached out to me as i'd put my energy into serving the ocean's some weird tangible, intangible thing. They'd, they, she, it had reached back out to me and kind of given me something in return. This two-way thing.
0: like exchange. Yeah. yeah.
4: Wow. And, um, And at that point, I then felt like I wanted to get in the ocean. Wow. And I went and booked a surf lesson and got into the sea. I'm oh, sorry, this, <laughs> this is like nuts.
0: I was not expecting this. But I mean, talk about... call to action I don't know I can't even find the word what it is your connection your purpose I mean that is strong Yeah, that that is is clear yeah it was
4: it was really the the strength of the feeling when I saw the albatross suffering in that way was to me a a clear moment of recognising I have to act this is some kind of coupling or you know response and then, then what happened with the ocean for me was like healing an aspect in me you know I was terrified of the dark of the shadows and that the depths of the ocean, and it was like until i I maybe I needed to reach out and and do something for something else, something other, be of service, and then that thing reached out and and healed some of that in me and made me feel more comfortable about being in that with the unknown, because it kind of showed
0: me what was unknown, I suppose. But also without, and I don't mean to make this sound tenuous, but in terms of lost and found, there is a finding I'm sensing from that or, or a sense of found, even absolutely. if there wasn't a lost, conscious absolutely. lost
4: before maybe, yeah, I don't know. Absolutely, it was like finding a part of myself and because we're not separate to the world, we're not separate to nature, so actually it was, I had been lost in that sense of if I don't have a connection to nature, including the ocean, then part of me is lost.
0: Natalie, talk us through a bit then what came from that. Tell us a bit about your version of Found in terms of this amazing little empire that you're yeah, it's creating. It's quite funny
4: that I'm called the founder, isn't it? I'm not a, I'm called a Luster. Yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 Thank God. Thank God you're the founder. <laughs> the Luster of Sisters, you see. I mean, try it yeah maybe we need losses <laughs> and so we can have founders but this as was just we talked a lot about this as I said on the evening this thing of how they sit together these two things the word lost or the concept of lost I mean it is I honestly think we could do a series of lost in itself maybe we fill that with all the words but it's just so rich and because mm. I mean there's so many things city C is the sort of the umbrella, from what it looks like, but all these different campaigns now that you're working on in terms of protecting the planet, the ocean—it's like there's a there's a lot. Yeah. You guys are busy bunch. It grew it grew into this
4: incredible thing, this organization. I think we've got 34 staff now. Um, Becky Rebecca is our our CEO, and she's fantastic, and she's she's leading the organization because I. I'm great at starting things, terrible at finishing them, apart from books. Deadlines are really good for me. Um, So last year I was then able to, well, in my spare time I wrote my book, How to Save the World for Free, because I'd been feeling like I'd been talking about plastic for four years, and I really felt like I wanted to start talking about the other things that are going wrong so I could help to take people that are interested in city to See and that maybe got into environmentalism through plastic i could start taking them on the journey to look at all the other things going wrong in the world like soil and climate and biodiversity loss and all that sort of thing so i'm very proud of where city to See have got to and it's brilliant that it's enabled me to then have a bigger platform that i can speak to people about and and share more words with in the form of silly poems silly songs books that kind of thing.
0: What is it that spurs you on to thinking about the book? I'm interested what that is because in my own experience there's often a feeling of like oh I'm not sure and feeling a bit lost and then something can come from that, not always, mm. but when you're building or have built something to a stage what is it that continues to drive you for the newer projects, the book or yeah. different different campaigns if that makes convoluted sense? Yeah
4: it really does, It's it's quite I'd say on point for where I am right now, having launched the book and City to Sea is sort of taking care of itself. And also, I felt like I needed a bit of a rest coming into January. Oh, yeah. And
0: I've realised actually it's not really lazy. All I want to talk about is rest. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Well, it's, it's winter as well here in the Northern Hemisphere. So, that naturally would be a time to. To rest, and yet my book came out at the end of October, and you can't rest when you have a book coming out. You've got to then push, Christmas, push, push yeah. for. So I did think, like, right, well I'll have a rest over Christmas, and see what emerges. And for me, I think it could be related in that cycles of lost and found, or that ebb and flow of there has to be a an exhale. You know, so we have to kind of have a moment where of, of emptying out before the next thing. Can yeah, come in. Go. then there's the expectations of like by January the 1st you must know you must know what your next thing is it's like there's because <laughs> here it is and you're starting your new year and you must be ready to you know announce what your focus is for this year
0: and freaking exhausting it's <laughs> really arbitrary Yes, yeah.
4: haven't we like just had the winter solstice? I think I need a little bit longer yeah. to to be in that unknown and and so I'm kind of I'm in that I mean I'm doing enough as it is like Still probably got a good six months to keep promoting the book. Maybe there'll be another one. People have said, oh, what's your next book? It's like, well don't know.
0: I mean... I'm really interested to use the word unknown there. I'm really grateful for that. Because actually, that's a really interesting other word to use. We talk a lot about different alternatives in the evenings when we chat about them. Are there other words we could use? And that's kind of, I don't know what your sense is, but there's a sort of, for me, there's a kind of more it feels safer than lost in a weird way. unknown. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of touches on the same things. I don't know what you think about that.
4: Yeah. I mean, straight away I felt like back in the, back in the woods again. It wasn't Mm. that I was lost because I knew I was only a couple of miles away from Bristol and I knew that the wood I'd gone into wasn't that big. So it's not like lost at sea. (laughs) It was just in unknown territory. Mm. Um, so I think there is a really nice synergy between those words and there are there's definitely less negative connotations around unknown.
0: Yeah, right. And I wonder as well if there's an acceptance of lost in the unknown without going into it too much. I don't know. I just wonder actually is that because by being in the unknown we're we're admitting I definitely know I had something for myself this year where I was like I don't know and that had such big power for me because mm. it's like I've always felt I need to know and actually if we own our unknown do we feel less lost? Interesting, I'm don't. I. I'm interested by that but yeah, I was still allowing that feeling of not knowing rather than squidging that one yeah. down.
4: And how much more relevant could that be for us in this phase of human evolution of we don't really know whether we are going to be extinct as a human race by the end of the century, or if we're going to reign in climate change and we're going to be, you know, muddling through, or if some other weird tipping point's going to happen and all's going to be tickety-boo. We don't actually know. Yeah. And I'm not a climate scientist. I read it a lot about what they, of, of what they say, but do i really know that it's just so much information there's so much information out there so unknown is is okay i think to be in that space
0: one thing i'm always interested in is words that you love or you don't like what, what word is there a word that you wish you could eradicate from our vocabulary is there a word that you're just like that just doesn't serve i'm really i'm
4: one of those people i've read apparently it's a leo trait that i can't think of things on the spot <laughs> i'm, 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 I'm not them. i'm not very good like you know when you go i'll be like oh my god i hate that word that word's just like really Perfect. really bugs put me it on Instagram and then we'll <laughs> come up with it later yeah and again words i love i mean i like things that sort of i, I guess it's like the pleasing sounds like pitter patter mm-hmm. or sort of english words you know, mm. that just those kind of things. I stopped off at a farm, um, farm sign, and it, the farm was called Holly Vag. Holly Vag. And I just, Ooh. I was just like, <laughs> ouch! ouch. <laughs> and I was just like, only in England, yeah, would you find Holly Vag farm? So yeah. I think, like, I do, I love the the, the English. <laughs>
0: It is that. so English. And also, I'd love to learn, I don't know anything, is etymology. One of the guys who came to the, one of the evenings has so much to say about origin of the word weird. And I was just hanging off every word. I was like, gosh, give me some of this knowledge because there's so much in the origin, especially in traditional language. It's mm. incredible. And actually how we kind of really misuse stuff or or the the words have changed you know the shift of the meaning and stuff it's so yeah. interesting but again I'm definitely not an expert on that we're going definitely more yeah. general chat yeah this is fascinating though isn't it <laughs> yeah and just things that we use every day like that's really uh, that's really landed with me unknown rather than lost you know around weird I, we did one on how to be weird and I was really left with when I use the word weird could I use something different? Like, oh, that make that's a bit unusual, or that's unfamiliar to me, because I think weird we use a lot when we can't think of what the word is, or we don't feel comfortable mm. to say the word, or we're like, oh, that's different from my usual. Yeah, it's a bit lazy. Yeah, and so like little things like that, I find it's super cool because you're kind of like, oh, cool, I can play around with trying something different
4: and always learning in a similar way to how people use boring when actually it's they've got another feeling under there that's uncomfortable but it's much easier to say this is boring whereas actually this is challenging or I don't understand or especially with kids I saw that in my son a lot and when I understood that boring was a a a kind of catch-all for real feelings I was able to then say well what does that feel like in your body what is it about it that you're not you're not getting or understanding, or and then it would go to a deeper
0: level. Nice. How to be boring. much yeah. this space. Yeah. Natalie, thank you so much. God, these talks are just so much richer than I ever can imagine they will be. What
4: a treat. It's been a real treat for oh, me. Yeah. I had no expectations we'd be going into the woods and into the oceans together. So thank you. It's <laughs> been such a pleasure. Lost.
0: So, I mean, yeah, another horrible. Horrible <laughs> half an hour there for me as you can tell what a chore oh but I mean kind of amazing she's right it's pretty amazing for us all to be able to go for a walk in the wood and a swim in the sea without leaving the comfort of where we're sitting right now
1: yeah my kind of exercise <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> just the biggest thank you though to Natalie I mean so honest and so personal um and some really interesting things in there yeah really interesting. and I think
1: that from everything that was chatted about the live event and from listening to Natalie It just goes to show how much we all connect with this and how negative a lot of people can feel when they hear the word lost. And actually, we all experience it in our different ways and there can be so much positivity to come out of it.
0: I think you can also tell from the amount of wows. There was quite a lot of wows from me in there, I noticed. <laughs> so it's like that was a the good... wow count on that <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, that was high. Uh, they are City to Sea are well worth checking out. I mean yeah, they're a brilliant amazing organization. Brilliant. Plastic free periods, refilling tap waters, switch the stick, I think was their cotton bud um campaign. Yeah, city check them out. Brilliant, doing some awesome stuff. So next up, how to be lazy. Why
1: do we choose? My mastermind subject.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Let's do it. We'll we'll bring the chair. We'll bring the chair. Why do we choose lazy? because for me personally and I don't think I'm probably alone in that it has a hugely negative slant
1: absolutely yeah Um, but is that because you are told some things that you are doing are laziness whereas actually they might be time that you need or activities that you need to feel rested and feel satiated and so is laziness and the word lazy actually quite an accusatory language that we don't need yeah
0: Uh, you touched on something really interesting there is because it's often described from another person rather than it being something that it's
1: another example of weaponized language that is not helpful because you are setting yourself up against people so yeah
0: come and join us all the details are on our social media talk wordy to me Bristol, on facebook and on instagram yeah all the details timings and everything
1: and also if you haven't listened to how to be weird do because phil horton better food has loads of brilliant things to say all surrounding weird
0: amazing and you can subscribe to our itunes by the way and on our spotify and we'd love some reviews
1: Please, please review (laughs) us Please, please may you
0: We're not biased about it But it would definitely help other people find the podcast And we'd be super grateful for that That'd be really awesome Uh, So as per usual We will leave you with some more thoughts From the event itself After things wrapped up um, And we'll look forward to seeing you at Lazy
1: Brilliant, get lost
0: (laughs) That's
2: great Lost I heard this talk recently I think it was a TED talk Where a guy was saying how um, His theory on maybe why there's a lot of Suicide in sort of young white men in Western society is because there's um, they're lost because they have they haven't a struggle in their life particularly they've kind of lost a struggle. I'm really
1: attracted to being lost in some contexts, although recently I think because I found a lot of peace in my life, I no longer kind of lean towards being lost. But I remember my sister at one point saying to me at one point she was like you you don't have to do the difficult things all the time for something to be valuable and being found can feel settled I think and that's the issue it can I think the problem with being found is that your journey is finished and that you have to then find a new thing and like you're saying then if you're having to find the new struggle you're going back into another space of having to be introspective and finding issues with your life that might not even necessarily be there yeah absolutely whereas if you're just if you learn to be content with being lost all the time, there isn't that constant struggle for meaning. I
2: really liked the lady that was saying about the bigger construct, about like, in order to be lost you need to have no idea where you are. And the thing that I sort of brought up which was that thought that whenever you're really lost it doesn't take much to be whatever found is or back in a place where you feel found again.
3: I started thinking, well, you can only lose something if you've had a sense of it belonging to you in the first place. and. I think we can become so focused on having things, like even if it's a relationship, it can only be lost if you thought they belong to you. It's like this idea of possession. We don't really have, we don't own anything. Like even I've realised my children, they don't belong to me. They're their own people. And so a lot of it is around the language that we use.
2: When I think about loss, I always think about purpose. I think in, in, like you said the speed at which we want to get to found and skipping through that journey, I think there's an element within that of we're trying to find purposes to be found because that lost sensation is uncomfortable because we live in a world where predominantly we have no purpose. Lost?